Does prayer really change things? Can it really make a difference in your marriage? I know that some of you are worried about your marriages. You're frustrated with your husbands and maybe even frustrated with God because you have been praying and praying for things to change and nothing seems to happen. It all seems to be the same. And it makes you wonder if the problems in your marriage can even be fixed or is it even worth praying over it anymore? Well, ladies, I can tell you that absolutely, yes, it is worth it. And today I'm sharing with you how to pray for your husband and what your expectations should be for real change in your marriage. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Some of you are hurting and you're looking for some definite changes in your marriage and for things to get better. Some of you want to make sure that your marriage stays on the right path, praying that you can avoid some of the difficulties that you see some other husbands and wives go through. And some of you have become very frustrated with your prayers because you've been praying and praying for the same thing, but nothing ever seems to change. Your husband doesn't change. Your marriage life doesn't change. It all seems to stay the same. And so you're doubting. You're doubting if God is really there and if prayer really works. And is it even worth the time that we're putting into it? Well, ladies, as you will discover today, it's not only worth it, but praying for your husband is vital to your marriage. And in doing so, we need to know what it is that we're to pray for for them and what our expectations should be so that we don't become frustrated and discouraged as we pray. We're going to chat about both of these things today, but before we do, I want to share with you about why. Why is it so important and will it really make a difference when we pray? So the first reason why is that God must be the center of your marriage. If we want to have any kind of marriage that is what is described in the Bible, one that is of love and submission and respect, then we must have God in the center of it. 
We must stop looking to the world and to our friends and neighbors and whatever else is out there. And we must look to God and his wisdom and to seek his ways and his will for living a married life. We've discussed before that God is the one that created marriage and he created man and woman and the way that we are and how our bodies are and how we think and feel. And so he is the one who is the expert on marriage. In John 15, 5, we read, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We get our strength and our wisdom and our perseverance from the Lord. And without him, we will never have the loving, happy marriage that we desire. Without following his word, without knowing what it says about the marriage, about the marriage relationship that he has designed, then we're not ever going to be able to have that if we don't ask God to come and to help us with it and to come and be a part of our marriage and be the center of our marriage. The second reason why we need to pray is that it is only the Holy Spirit that can work on your husband's heart. So often our prayers are to fix our husband in some way, to change his attitude, to change his heart, to change his motivations, whatever it might be. But our efforts are futile and generally counterproductive at best in trying to change our husbands and trying to make them different. Our ability and wisdom in this area is nothing compared to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit can do to work in your husband's heart and to change his life. It's actually part of the Holy Spirit's job to do this and to teach us as believers. And we find this in John 14, 26, where it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So see, it is the Holy Spirit's responsibility to teach your husband and to make him more like Christ. And then as you pray for the Holy Spirit to do this, then you're only helping this process and you can't change your husband anyway. You need to rely on the Holy Spirit in order to be able to do this. And if your husband isn't a believer, you can definitely still pray for him. I mean, pray for him to become saved. Pray for him to become a child of God, for God to work in his heart and to draw your husband to him. Be praying for God to be working in your life as well. It is more difficult to be married to a non-believer, but God is still with you. Pray for him to guide you and direct you and to lead you in this, and then continue to pray for your husband and his relationship with the Lord. In 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, we read, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. So ladies, those of you who have a non-believing husband, one, I want to give you hope in the fact that your conduct with him may be the very thing that brings him to the Lord and makes changes. And then also too, that, you know, as women, we want to fix things. We want to, you know, we think that we need to speak up and make sure that we tell our husbands exactly what it is that they need to do or how to change or all this kinds of things. We almost want to parent our husbands at times. And you know what, ladies, 
Sometimes we just need to be quiet. We do need to communicate with them and we do need to let them know how we're feeling and this sort of thing. But we also have to be careful in the fact that there are times that God requires us to just be quiet and to let him work, to let the Holy Spirit do the work in your husband's life and to and to just not even say anything. And there are times that our silence actually speaks volumes to them. Because when we're noisy, when we're saying what they should do and do this and do that and honestly being nagging, then all they're thinking about is what we said. All they're thinking about is their frustration with us and how, you know, we don't ever seem like we're happy or how we they can never make us happy. But if we're quiet in some of these circumstances, then all they have to think about is themselves what their response to you was, what their words to you were, what their actions were. And the Holy Spirit uses this to convict them and to change them. So ladies, there are times that we just need to be quiet and let the Holy Spirit work in our husband's hearts. And you can pray. Pray for God to show you those times that you need to speak up and show you those times that you need to be quiet. And God will certainly guide you in this and to help you with this if you are willing to just open your heart and mind to him and allow him to lead you. So the third reason why it's important for us to pray is that ladies, the spiritual battle is raging and and I cannot even begin to stress this enough. We are clearly warned about this in scripture in 1 Peter 5, 8, where it tells us to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The sinful desires of the world are all around us, and they're pressing us on every side. It's in advertising, it's on TV, it's in the news, it's everywhere, it's at their workplace. Everywhere we go, we are bombarded with the sinful things of this world and the enemy trying to get in in any little tiny crack that he can to divide our marriages and to cause problems and to cause disruption. So call upon the Lord in prayer and cover your husband with prayer on this in battling that enemy and protecting your husband. This is one of the biggest things that you can do for him is to pray for him and to pray for that protection from temptation, that protection that to open his eyes, that he is sees what the temptations are and they are revealed to him. Because oftentimes when we're in it, when we're in the middle of it, we don't see it. So pray for him, be watchful with him and to help him with this. And if you want some more information on this, I did do a four-part series not too long ago on the spiritual battle in your marriage and who the real enemy is. And it starts with episode number 38 and it goes through 41. So if you're interested, I would recommend that you go and listen to that. And then the final reason why it's important for us to pray is that, yes, prayer does make a difference. In James 5.16, we read, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. 
God would not tell us this if it wasn't true. There are many places in scripture where God tells us to come to him, to lay our burdens at his feet. And why? Because he wants us to rely on him, to rely on his power and his wisdom and his love for us, to guide us, to guide your marriage, to guide your life. He wants us to come to him and to and to rely on him in order to be able to lead us and to guide us into righteousness and to what it is that he has for our marriages. He is the one that has the power and the wisdom to bring real change into your marriage. And as we pray and as we follow his word for our lives, he works in us. He works in our husbands. He works through us, as we read earlier, in working through the conduct of your wives. So he works through us as well, even to reach our husbands and to make a change in them and to make them more like Christ. Throughout scripture, we read of God guiding and working and shaping people's lives. And and these people in scripture, they're no different than us. They're regular, normal people. A lot of times we think that they're like these super faithful people or, you know, something like that, but they're not. They're regular, normal people who were just willing to put their faith and trust in the Lord and to follow what he says and to pray to him and to have that relationship with him. And in return, God shaped their lives. God walked with them. God helped them. God answered their prayers and he will do the same for you. We pray so that God will be at the center of our marriages. We pray to ask the Holy Spirit to work in us and to work in our husbands to make us more like Christ. We pray so that we fight the enemy. We know that God has the victory, but we need to pray to have that victory. And we pray to bring real change into our lives. Never give up on prayer, ladies. Never give up on prayer. It is the only thing that works. So now that you have a full understanding of the importance of why it is that we need to pray, let's look at what what do we pray for, for our husbands? What is it that we go to the Lord in prayer and ask for with our husbands? And anytime that we begin to pray, it really should always start with a heart of thankfulness and praying for our husbands is no different. We need to do that. We need to start with what are we thankful for, for our husbands? In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So begin your prayers by praising God for something that you are thankful for, either in your marriage or with your husband. And and make it specifically for those two things, not something with your kids, not something with what the Lord has blessed you with recently or anything. Be watchful for the enemy to distract you in this area and try to discourage you and make you think that there's nothing to be thankful for because there definitely is. There is always things. Think about, you know, when you first met your husband, why you married your husband, There are always things within our lives, within our marriages, and things about our husbands that we can be thankful for. We just need to stop and think about them for a minute because the challenges and the difficulties seem to overwhelm everything and seem to overshadow everything. And so we just need to take some time and to think about those things and to pray over them and to thank the Lord for the blessings that He has given us with our husbands and with our marriages. And then pray for his spiritual walk with God. 
Listen carefully to Colossians 1 verses 9 through 11 for a minute. So listen up. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Ladies, isn't this what you want? for your husband, for all of these things, for him to be filled with the knowledge of God's wisdom, for him to have spiritual understanding, knowledge of God, that he would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, then pray this over your husband. I mean, literally put his name in there and say, you know, Lord, I pray that my husband will be filled with the knowledge of you in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Lord, I pray that my husband will walk worthy and of the Lord, fully pleasing you and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Lord, I pray for you to strengthen him with all might according to your glorious power for all patience, long-suffering, with joy. You can put your husband's name in here and you can pray this very verse over him. Ladies, that is going to be a fervent prayer, which is what we want for our husbands. What I am teaching you today in seeking the Lord's guidance in when to say something and when to be quiet and leaving the how to change my husband up to the Lord and how to change his heart to God and then stop trying to do it myself and praying for the Holy Spirit to work like this in my husband's life and praying this verse over him. I learned all of these lessons years ago when my husband wasn't walking close to God and he wasn't interested in going to church or reading his Bible or, you know, doing anything like that. And the enemy was distracting him and leading him astray. And I followed God in praying for my husband, in leaving the work to him, and in only speaking up when I really felt that God wanted me to say something and was leading me to do so. And ladies, God did an amazing work in my husband's life. Within a couple of years, he went from not wanting to have much to do with God at all to attending church regularly, making sure that our whole family was in church and going to Sunday school and even teaching Sunday school. And then not long after that, he became a deacon and co-chairman of the deacon board. God does this work in our husband's lives so much better than we do, but we need to pray for them. We need to be their support and their helpmate in this, and we need to be lifting them up in prayer. We've already talked about the enemy and how he seeks whom he may desire. So definitely the next thing that we need to be praying for with our husband is to pray for protection from the enemy. The enemy is cunning and subtle like I've talked about. And like I said, oftentimes we can't see the trap that is right in front of us. We can't see where it's leading because we have these blinders on. Pray for your husband that it will be revealed as to what that is and what that trap is. In 2 Peter 3.17, it says, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Even as believers, we can be led away by the enemy. 
Pray for your husband that he is shielded and protected, that temptation is kept from him. Pray for God to show him the areas where he's starting to be distracted, where he's starting to walk down a path that God does not want him to walk down, where it's going to be a problem. And ask the Lord to steer him in the right direction, to move him away from these distractions, to move him away from the things that are not of God, and to keep him on the straight path. The next thing that we can pray for for our husbands are their struggles and the concerns that they have on their heart. Pray for your husband in following God and God's will and to learn from God and to want to read his Bible, to want to be in church, to want to be around other Christian men. But, you know, pray for that relationship for him. Pray for him as the father of your children and that he seeks God's direction and how to raise your kids and what to teach them and how to discipline them and all of the pressures that come with that is too. There's a lot of pressures that come with leading a family, with being a husband, with being a dad, just like there, there are pressures that come with being a mom and being a wife. And so pray for your husband in those things. Pray for him as the leader of your home and that he does so in the wisdom and admonition of the Lord and in the Lord's guiding and leading and pray that God would direct his steps. And I know that some of you have trust issues in your marriage, and this is very important for you to do, and to pray for the Lord to direct your husband's steps, knowing that God is always going to protect you and is always going to be there for you. In Psalms 32, 8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And this is another verse that we can pray using our husband's name, Lord, Guide my husband with your eye and lead him in the way that you say that he should go. And God is going to honor that because that's God's will. When you pray scripture, you are praying God's will for your life or your husband's life. You can pray over other things in his life as well. Pray over maybe any work situations that he may be having or any extended family issues that may be coming up or pressures that he has in his life. Ask him. Honey, what can I pray for you? Can you imagine your husband's heart and thoughts if you went to him and said, Honey, I've started to pray for you on a regular basis. What can I pray for you for? Like, what husband would not be touched by that? In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And this is one that we, you know, really have to think about and to almost claim in our lives, in the fact that when we cast our cares about the Lord on the Lord, whether they're the cares of your husband or the cares that you have, that God is there to guide us and to lead us and protect us and that we will not be moved. You know, you think about it in that you and your husband are one. So what each of you do affects the other. And so pray this verse over both of you, that both of you will be sustained that God will not permit either one of you to be moved and that you will be protected. So as you pray for your husband, start with a heart of thankfulness regarding your husband and your marriage. Pray for your husband's spiritual walk with the Lord, for his protection from the enemy, as well as the concerns in his heart. 
And ladies, this is not an exhaustive list. There are certainly plenty of other things that God may bring to your mind that you need to pray for in your specific situation for your husband. Be mindful of those things. Maybe even keep a journal of your prayers for him and be writing these things down and praying over them on a regular basis. And after doing all of this praying and journaling and all the things that we may be doing and praying for our husbands, what should our expectations be? What are the expectations of the results? Well, first, ladies, God is powerful. He is sovereign, loving, and has infinite wisdom. Psalms 147.5 tells us this, great is the Lord and mighty in power, and his understanding is infinite. We are told this over and over and over again in scripture. And if we look around at God's creation in the way that he created the universe and the stars and the heavens and the little tiny bugs and all the things that they have and the details that they have and how they protect themselves, or I mean, just everything about God's creation is so amazing and shows his power and his infinite wisdom. If we look at all the prophecies that were given in scripture and how all of those prophecies were fulfilled, then we see his sovereignty and his power over everything that is in the world. If we think about the what, the work that God has done, the work that he's done in our own lives in the past, in leading us and guiding and directing us, in blessing us and what we have received in the past, then we know this to be true in our own lives. We know that he has been faithful to us and that we can expect him to be faithful to us in the future. We also have this promise in Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Whatever you are facing, even though you can't see a way out, you have no idea how this is going to turn out and everything looks bleak and dismal to you and you're thinking that it is impossible to be fixed. Your marriage is impossible to be put back together, impossible to be loving again, impossible to even get through the next day. But yet with God, we find out that nothing is impossible for him. There is always hope in Jesus. Now, the next point that I want to make in our expectations of the results it's very important because this is where I believe that a lot of us get our frustration from when we pray. And that is that God works in his way and in his time, not ours. We cannot expect God to fix our husbands or to change our marriages or our circumstances in the way that we think that he should or in our time frame. Thankfully, God does not work this way. Because as I said before, he is so much better at this than we are, and we are to trust in his ways and in his timing. And I know that that's difficult because, you know, we live in this world that everything is fast. Everything is right now. And, you know, I can get my Amazon package in two days and I can microwave something and eat in 10 minutes and, you know, all of these things. And we want everything fast and quick. And, you know, we're always on a time schedule and we don't like to be, you know, in situations where we're uncomfortable or unhappy or feel hurt. And so we want them to go away quickly. But God doesn't work that way. And he doesn't for a reason And we have to trust in that. We have to trust that he is working behind the scenes, even when we can't see him, and that he's going to do this in his way 
and in his timing. In 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. We need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that we will be under his authority, that we will be under his provision for us, that we will be under his ways and his will for our life. As I said, we live in this world of immediate results, but that is not how God works. And so we need to humble ourselves under his hand, meaning humbling ourselves to his ways and to his timing. Remember earlier when I told you about praying for my husband? It was a few years for all these things to come about and for God to make changes. And things weren't easy during those years. It was years of learning how to trust again, years of battling the enemy and calling upon the Lord to help us with this. And, you know, he was continuing to try to cause division, the enemy was. And so just a constant battle and learning. But we learned so much and we grew so much in the Lord and it was so worth it. All of it was honestly so worth it. And the Lord does all of these things and he does it in his own way, which is oftentimes completely different than anything that we were thinking and that what we thought might happen. So I have an example for you in this, although it is going to reveal how shallow I am and how much I compare myself to others, because that is a fault of mine for sure. But it is a great example of God doing something his way that was completely different than what I thought might happen. So when we lived in California, we were a part of a new community. It was, they were new homes. And so like nobody had their backyards done or anything. You know, we were close friends with a lot of the people that were there on our block. We had some great friends there. Some people were able to get their backyards done. We lived there for a few years and and they were able to get their backyards done. Some of them were at the second time of, you know, redoing their backyards and ours had still not been done yet. It was still all dirt. We had a place set back there and that was it. And I'm like, Lord, I, I want to have a nice backyard. I, you know, people can see my backyard. I was at the end. I had one of those fences that you could see through and like people can see my backyard and it's still dirt. And, and I prayed for that. And yes, I know it's shallow and I'm comparing, but it's what I did. And I prayed for God to change my backyard and <laughs> he did. But he changed it in such a different way because it's not like, you know, the money flowed in and we were able to do something with it or somebody came to us and said, oh, hey, I have, you know, a bunch of sod, let's do your backyard or, you know, anything like that. God chose to give me a different backyard and something that I really like and enjoyed by moving me from California to Texas. Because now my backyard, I live on a half acre, so I have a large backyard and I back up to what used to be a cornfield and now is an empty field. And so I kind of have this really nice long view of the sky and the sunset and all that sort of thing. And I realized one day after moving here, that prayer, like God reminded me, do you remember when you prayed for me to give you a different backyard? And, you know, and I'm like, oh, I did. You're right. And now look, look at my backyard. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes God just answers our prayers, even when they're shallow, silly ones. 
um, completely different than what we ever expected that he would do. So we need to stop looking for, how is God going to fix this? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to help God fix this? And how do I quickly make it happen? And we need to stop thinking of, you know, looking at the things that we don't see changing and start looking for maybe some of the small things that are changing or just stop thinking about it at all and just in, in just engross yourself in the Lord and what he has for you and those prayers that you're praying and just knowing that God delights in those prayers that you're giving to him for yourself and for your husband. Just think about those things and just let it go and allow God to work and to move and to make a difference. And you'll find that you'll look back and go, oh, wow, this has changed or that's changed because God is working in your marriage and their prayers are being answered. While you're waiting for God to complete his work in your husband, in your marriage, in your life, do what Peter says and cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Go to him with your burdens, with your cares, with your concerns and lay them at his feet and pray over them and give them to him and allow him to work in your life in the same way that you are praying for him to work in your husband's life. Romans 12, 12 tells us rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. And that's what it is that we need to do. The last point that I want to make about our expectations is this, and that we do have a responsibility. Remember the scripture said, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We can't expect to get more out of it than what we put in. Although if we do pray earnestly, we're certainly going to reap God's blessings, which is way more than we could ever put into this. But we also have a responsibility to fervently pray. And may I add to regularly pray, to really be in prayer, to pray over those verses like I had talked about with for your husband and to regularly lift him up in prayer and lift your marriage up in prayer. The second responsibility is that we have to be following God's will and teaching in our own lives. John 15, 7 instructs us, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. There is a prerequisite to having our prayers answered, and that is we must be abiding in Christ. We must be learning the word of God and seeking how to apply his word to our own lives. We can't just be looking at our husband's faults and how we think that they need to be fixed and changed and made better and made more like Christ, but we need to be seeking God for what it is in our own lives that we need to change, how we need to become more godly wives, how we need to become more like Christ in our own ways in forgiveness and showing grace and mercy or generosity or whatever the case may be. But we need to be looking as to the work that God wants to do in us and how we can abide in Christ if we are looking for God to answer our prayers and to work in our marriages. James 4 tells us, we do not have because we do not ask. We cannot have an expectation of any kind of change in our husbands or in our marriages if we are not seeking God to work in our lives, which is why the whole prayer and God being in the center of your marriage is so important. So in closing, I want to leave you with this verse, and it's a promise from God regarding your prayers, and it's found in 1 John 5, 
14 and 15 and says this, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. When we pray over our husbands, over ourselves or our marriages, if we are seeking the things of God and doing life His way and His will, if we are searching to make our marriages the way that Christ has designed them to be, then we have the confident assurance that He hears our prayers and that He answers us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray over each and every one of these marriages. I pray over these women, Lord. I pray that you will give them a desire to pray for their husbands, to lift them up in fervent prayer on a regular basis, Lord. I pray that you will continue into giving them hope and to make them steadfast in their prayers, Lord, and that they will not give up, but they will continue to seek your word, to seek your will. I pray, Lord, that they would not only look to their husbands and the changes that need to be made, Lord, but that they will look to themselves and say, Lord, what is it that I need to change? What is it that I need to do to become the godly wife that you've called me to be, to become the mom, the woman, the believer, just everything, Lord? How do I need to change to become more like you? Lord, I thank you so much that we can go to you in prayer. I thank you for what you do in our lives, that you answer our prayers. I thank you for the Holy Spirit in that he comes and works in our hearts and changes us and directs us and guides us, Lord. And I pray for all of these things over the ladies who are listening. And I just thank you so much, Lord, for what you have done in my life and in my marriage and how you have guided and directed it, Lord, and made it into what you have designed for marriage and the blessings that you have brought, Lord. And I want these same blessings for each and every woman that is listening today, Lord. Bless them, be with me, with them, guide them and direct them, Lord. And I just ask these things in your precious heavenly name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, 
Thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.